Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan while we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Welcome back inside the caravan, Library of Lore. Why am I welcoming people in? Jennifer, this is where you live. <laughs> welcome, welcome, everyone. Yes, it's another Tuesday night. We had uh, a little bit of cloudy weather here for the meteor shower. Um, hoping that skies are clear by you for seeing meteors. Hopefully nobody got hit in the head with any. <laughs> Although that'd be kind of cool. Talk about a keepsake. Have a meteor to that hit you in the head. And uh -huh. you can make jewelry out of it. Cool. Oh, jeez. How are things in Oregon? Things are just fine in Oregon. <laughs> are they? Really? Um, yeah. You know, we actually had rain yesterday, which was a huge deal for me because I love the rain. And too many days without it <laughs> makes me, yeah. you know... Bummed. I know. So. I hear you. Yeah, we were we're going through kind of a drought period here ourselves. Actually, mm. um, it's been hit or miss around here. But by the way, uh, Caravan of Lore tonight is for senior citizens, or we will be talking about the weather. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we have to appeal to all our audiences. <laughs> I am right. <laughs> no, we're going through a drought. Things are getting dusty and brown and and. Like, two towns over, they get three inches of rain, and we didn't get anything. I was kind of disappointed, so. Mm. What did I do? I, I sat out on the patio and played dinosaurs in the pond, because nice. uh, that's that's what I do. So, I uh, <laughs> did post a, a video on my timeline of me playing dinosaurs in the pond. Yeah, you that, that's a joyful thing. Why not? I did put up there at what age is it not appropriate to play with dinosaurs anymore. Apparently everybody believes that you're never too old to play with dinosaurs. Of course I believe, not. I believe Jera said that uh, he still plays with his little army men with dinosaurs. Oh, nice. So that painted kind of a fun picture for me to see Jera <laughs> uh, smoking salmon. Not literally, but... Right. Smoking his salmon and playing army man and dinosaurs. The real question is, though, who wins, the dinosaurs or the army men? Jera, chime in. Who yes. wins? <laughs> who wins? That's that right. would make an epic movie, Plastic Army Men <laughs> versus the dinosaurs. Maybe that's, that's right. the next Toy Story plot theme there you for go. the new movie. Mm -hmm. Huh? How about it? Yeah. Rex takes Sounds on good. all the army men. 
That'd be fun. <laughs> there you go. You know, uh, you and myself were talking earlier about uh, Carnation Instant Breakfast and, and what happens if you, like, put it all back in the jar again after you make it. Would it be reincarnation? Huh? Well, we were oh, talking reincarnation. I know. That was... <laughs> That was bad. I'm sorry, people. It's all we'll, good. We'll try to be scary, okay? <laughs> Look, I'll do my best to be scary. Uh, but we did talk about reincarnation, and it was uh, kind of cool. We may even expand beyond that uh, in future shows about reincarnation because I came across a couple of stories from long ago about children that have expressed knowing a lot of things that they have never been exposed to in this reality. How did they know all that? And uh, right. it just, it supports the conversation for reincarnation and the possibility thereof. I feel I was reincarnated and I know you, Jennifer, you have your opinions on that. You feel that you were reincarnated? I do. Um, I don't remember if we ever spoke about it in a previous episode. I think we might have. Um, but basically, I had a reoccurring dream. Maybe it was in the dreams episode then, not that I said that. But the reoccurring dream was that I was a soldier. And I remember when I looked out the window. So I had climbed these stairs to get to this top floor. And the room that I went into, there was a bed in the corner and a table with a tablecloth in the very center. There was, I think, a desk by the window. And when I looked out the window, the buildings were kind of a gray, um, pale, but everything was, you know, um, and, and there was rubble, like stuff, you know, had been destroyed. Well, I remember when I went up to this room, I was with the side, the side that I was fighting for, I didn't believe in what they were doing. So I was trying to help people. I was trying to save them before our side got in there. And when I had gotten up to this room, they had found out what I was doing. And they busted through the door and they shot me in the back. And wow. it was so real. Like, I could feel it in my dream. Uh -huh. Well, I fell to the floor. And I remember thinking, I'll just crawl to that table. Because it's got the long tablecloth under it, or over it. I'll hide underneath it to where just my waist is sticking out. And I'll pretend that I'm dead. That way, I'm shrouded by the tablecloth, and if I'm breathing still, that maybe they won't, you know, maybe if I just lay really still. Okay. But gotcha. I, did, I didn't make it. I died. And you dreamt that you died? Yes. Or you just have that premonition that you died? No, I, it was it, it, the whole thing. I followed through with the whole thing, and I think that dream huh. started when I was around six or seven. I was really little. Um, and what war would this have been? I'm not sure because when I've talked to other people about the buildings, mm -hmm. 
it it doesn't line up with um, like because I was thinking maybe it was over in Germany but then the buildings I don't think were the, those colors are made out of um, the material that I saw in my dream so I'm not really sure it's something that I need to do more research on uh-huh. I mean it would be amazing to actually find out if it was real you know and right. um, and go from there but you right. know and then when I was much smaller and this will seem a little far-fetched but you know hey whatever believe what you will or not I don't care um I remember being really. You heard it here first, people. Right? She doesn't care. I don't don't care. (laughs) I don't care. Care what you think of me. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm here to play what if. I'm not here to try to make anyone believe or disbelieve anything. So. Of course. I was really little. This is before I could talk. And I remember sitting there and thinking the thought, oh. I'm back here again. I don't know. Right. You know, it was, and and I, and I know that I was little enough that I couldn't speak. And, but I remember having that thought. So, you know, and then, you know, how you and I were talking about how sometimes you'll have these weird moments where you're just like, whoa, I'm a human. (laughs) Well, okay, so explain that Facebook post so that people can put the image. Um, In case they haven't seen the Facebook post, <laughs> uh, put up by Anonymous, because I don't know who, who put it up to begin with. <laughs> it but, was... Um, it's yeah. a more profound post than what it sounds like when you <laughs> right. say it. it. It's very profound. Well, there's this person standing in a mirror, and, and the caption is basically like, Whoa, I can't believe that I'm human like you're you're sitting there looking at yourself in the mirror um so you're sitting there looking at yourself in the mirror just like whoa like i'm in a human (laughs) i'm having this human experience Uh and Uh the person that posted it you know is kind of in my more um on you know i run multiple groups on on facebook one of them is roots of sisterhood and it's basically just kind of about spirituality and stuff and it was one of the gals from there that posted it and i was just like holy cow i'm not the only one that goes whoa i'm a human <laughs> yes i i didn't feel like i fit in my body very well but this is the shell that i carry around with me so i guess i just have to deal with it right um, i felt that particularly for years uh, that some humans are more humans than other humans <laughs> and if you really think about it it does tend to make sense uh, right. how many times have you been around in this reality and how many times have you come back as somebody different mm-hmm. these are all the thoughts that go through you know my little mind uh, but it's not to say that that's not a real possibility look there's religions that reflect a lot of its practices around such things including uh the buddhist so you know the possibility of a soul leaving one life form and coming back into another life form of human existence whatever maybe you just don't fit right but that's the model that was available at the time i don't know right it's 
kind of, uh, I mean, you could lose yourself. You could probably lose your sanity if you dove too deep into it. But that's what we're here to, is to make you lose your mind, <laughs> right? I mean, I've had my personal experience, too, as a very young child, knowing a lot of things about the Second World War and aviation. And that was just me. And I was the only person that knew that until years later that stories started to come to the surface a little bit more about other children that had suffered their demise in the Second World War. And where did all that information come from? Mm -hmm. I always felt as a very young, and when I say young, just like you had said earlier, I was probably the age of five when you start to develop, you know, independent thought process and seeing airplanes and knowing that it's not a miracle to see an airplane. This is something I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. And where did that familiarity come from? And the strong ties that I had, like I had mentioned, I think on a previous episode, the romanticism of the 1940s, and I started to piece together, I truly felt that I was lost in the South Pacific in an air battle. I knew the airplane that I was in. I was very mm -hmm. comfortable with it. I've always had a fascination with going to air shows to see the vintage aircraft. Right. And it was like you make contact with something that you're home. You, you have an identity, but as soon as you touch it, you become one with it. And that may sound really obscure or far off on the left end of the spectrum there for some people that may not understand what it is that I'm trying to say. But I think a lot of us go in this reality that we're in right now and we'll make contact with something that it feels right. You you know this is where you're supposed to be. This is This makes a connection with you on such a level that you have no idea where that level came from. And I felt right. that way since a very small kid that I was lost. And it's strange because, you know, a lot of people have an ego to say, ah, I was shot down. And it, no, I'm too good to have been shot down. I was the victor in my past life. Mm. Well, maybe not so because, look, even in, you know, recent wars, you're talking millions of people that came to the demise of the human hand, whether it's through weaponry, whatever, and they lost their life. Is that it? It just ends from there, and you don't get a second round to complete your mission as to what you were supposed to do here to begin with? Hmm. I don't know. So, I think, you know, that possibility of the reincarnation argument if you want to call it an argument or research, I don't think there's really any way to prove it. There was a story that the two of us had talked about, uh, one that was very similar that you told me to a story that I told you about a five-year-old boy that knew everything about the cockpit of a wildcat airplane. Mm -hmm. He knew where everything was. He, where did all that come from? And he felt that he, too, was shot down in the Second World War. And he knew names of people right. that he served with. Wow. Where did all that come from? Well, 
there has to have been a thread somehow because the parents ended up researching these names and found out that the names that this child had given were those that had served in the South Pacific as well. Mm-hmm. I don't recall, you know, the specifics of what island they may have served on or what unit they were with, whatever, but those names came from somewhere. So, you know, and there's a lot of profound cases that are like that. We may not hear about it, mm-hmm. you know, to protect that child, but you brought up an interesting point in that conversation that once you get to the age of seven, eight, nine years of age, you start to lose a lot of that. You may retain it in your memory that you felt that you had these reincarnation experiences, but the emotional ties and the experiences in which you identified so strongly with start to fade away the older that you get because now your brain is absorbing all this new information and the storage capacity of your brain has to replace new information and kind of put the old information way back in the catch somewhere and you really have to dig around in order to bring a lot of that back up again which is where you know uh, going under hypnosis to have all that information come back up to the surface again and try to program it but well you know there's also um a meditation like okay so there's these three meditations that i have ran people through Um, and by the final one, you end up going to the Hall of Akashic Records. And in the Hall of Akashic Records, that's where you are able to access all of your past lives. It's basically like your own personal library, um, that has, you know, all of your incarnations, stories. You're able to go there and, you know, view one thing at a time and, um, these types of things can also come up in Reiki because a person is like an onion and every time we do the spiritual work or we do a healing, you're peeling away a layer. And as you peel away these layers, certain things can then come to be. So as you do these healings and as each layer is peeled away, there are things that can come up that you end up having to deal with to release past karma from these past lives. Uh-huh. And it's really deep soul work. because and it, and it can be extremely emotional. So, I mean, for me, I do believe 110% in past lives and reincarnation. Do you think that that would have manifested itself human to human, or... What do you that, mean? Well, well, maybe, you know, your next reincarnation, you're coming back as a pretty little butterfly. I don't know. Oh, I um, I think that when, after we die, our soul, I believe in soul contracts. I think that we kind of choose our path for, um the purpose of raising our vibration and uh, to truly learn uh, forgiveness and unconditional love. So So you keep going around until you get it right. Well, I mean, that does bring around the terminology of that person is an old soul. Right. They've been around uh, a number of times on this merry-go-round. 
to the point where now they're reaping the rewards of all their efforts in their past lives. And because I often wonder, it's like, why is it that some people really have it much easier than other people? And, you know, to separate that into classes, you know, mm. yeah, you could do that. But why are some people born in the situation in which they are born into and tortured? Wow. I had this conversation a while ago that, you know, let's take something horrific just for an example. But it does happen. And cover your ears if you don't want to hear it. But children that are abducted or abused severely abused I'm, you know I'm not talking about crack of the hand but children that have been severely abused why why a child and then the conversation led into well that soul that that child is carrying as or that child is the vehicle for that soul may have been a very evil entity in a past life and it's now suffering its wrath now that doesn't give comfort to the parents. That that gives zero comfort. But from a scientific point of view and a metaphysical point of view, it may make a lot of sense. Well, I what I will say in regards to why I think some people have it easier or better than others in adulthood is I also really believe that we manifest the world around us that it's all the mind what you um what you focus on grows and it it becomes your reality you send that out there and we are magnets so the more positive you are the more positive you think the more positive you draw into your life uh -huh. um not everybody has that um same opinion and it's one thing to say, well, I am sending out positive. I am nice and I am blah, blah, blah. But are you really on the inside when no one's looking? What is your inner dialogue to yourself? Because that's also what the universe is listening to. And, you know, on top of uh, the universe doesn't listen to the negatives. If you say, I don't want to do this. The universe he hears you say, I want to do this. It doesn't hear the don't, the can't, the won't. Okay. Um, is that from a selfish perspective? I don't want to do this because you're thinking that you're better than that and the universe is like, uh, no, you're not better than that. No, the universe just do doesn't this. hear negatives. <clears throat> the universe operates on, on you know, higher vibrations and so the good side of the universe well i'm just saying i look there's there's opposites to everything so there's your dark universe and your light universe and maybe if you are created by the light universe it doesn't want to or it eh, anything negative may bounce off of that positive universe if it's a negative connotation Whereas the dark universe may just absorb that right up and say, oh, well, we'll take you over here. I don't know. 
we're getting very philosophical here, and that's okay. <laughs> that's what we're all about is trying to get the answers because I know some of you listening are going to put your comments in as to the opinions of what you think of all of this as well. Uh, with that said, let's take a break, Jen, and when we come back, we're going to uh, continue the reincarnation, which this is a winged show, but uh, we'll come back with the reincarnation. Here's a way Coke adds life to summertime fun, because for a limited time at participating area stores, when you buy a six-pack of Coca-Cola in returnable 32-ounce bottles at the regular price plus deposit, you get a free Funny Fooly Iron-On decal. There are three different designs, with colorful art of a hot dog, a hamburger, or hero sandwich, great for ironing on your t-shirts. Look for these free iron-ons in cartons of Coke and money-back quartz. From Studio 303, it's the Caravan Library of Lore, Stranger Than Fiction News, bringing light to unknown stories around us. Scientists have found two planets outside our solar system that could host extraterrestrial life. Scientists may have just come closer to answering questions about whether other planets in the universe may be able to support life. The researchers used data on UV levels required to make molecular structures needed within a functioning cell. The team used this data to search for planets receiving similar UV levels from stars nearby and have narrowed down the possibilities to two planets outside of our solar system. You can read more on this at businessinsider.com. NASA astronaut claims he witnessed an organic alien-like creature in the space shuttle payload bay. NASA engineer Leland Melvin made the astonishing claims during a discussion with a conspiracy theorist on social media. The former NFL football player says he spotted the creature in the payload bay of the space shuttle Atlantis, which was in orbit above the Earth at the time. When he told NASA about the sighting, space agency experts told Melvin the most likely explanation was ice had broken off and away from the shuttle, and it was the movement of these floating shards that caught his eye. You can read more of this at the Daily Mail online. Experts warned satellites could be hacked and used as giant radio frequency weapons as researchers gather in Las Vegas, Nevada to hunt for bugs in communication systems and voting machines. Researchers at the Black Hat Conference in Las Vegas warned satellites are vulnerable, says they could be hacked to leak information or even for cyber-physical attacks. Antennas could be used as radio frequency weapons working much like a microwave. Over at the DEF CON conference, ethical hackers are looking into exposed vulnerabilities. They're creating voting village to spot bugs in devices like digital poll books. This story, too, is brought to you by the Daily Mail online. 
And is the current heat wave behind the major spike in calls to paranormal investigators? The scorching heat wave is being blamed for causing a massive increase in paranormal activities in people's homes around the southwest region. This according to ghost hunter Gary Parsons of the Plymouth Paranormal Investigators, who say they have received a major spike in number of calls during the past two months. You can read more on this at BendedReality.com. And here's this week's fun fact. There's a Disney World ride that can help you pass kidney stones. After his patients reported passing stones while riding Big Thunder Mountain, urologist David Wartinger did some research by reportedly riding the coaster with a 3D kidney model. No matter their size, the stones inside the model passed from 16% to 100% of the time, depending on their location within the kidney and where he sat on the ride. And that wraps it up for this week's Stranger Than Fiction News. What's in this little blue egg that keeps Barbara Eden looking slim and trim? Ooh, there's only one answer to that. It's Legs Control Top Pantyhose. See, Legs slims and trims but doesn't buy them. So you get comfort and control. Stretching, bending, standing, setting. There's one pantyhose that's always fitting. The summer months are upon us, and we have you covered with Caravan Library of Lore t-shirts and tank tops for men and women. But soon, our favorite fall season will be here, and we have warm, comfortable caravan hoodies and hot beverage travel mugs too. Find pillows and blankets and kids' items too at caravanoflore.threadless.com. Again, caravanoflore.threadless.com Okay, we're back. And once again, uh, we're waiting for those comments before we went to break about uh, your opinions of the light universe and the dark universe. And Jen brought up a really good point um, that the universe just refuses that negative connotation as to why some people really have a much easier existence here than other people do. And some people do make an excuse. I would, I do give you that. You know, when you take a minute to think about it, there's those that just make excuses for everything and they mm-hmm. get nowhere. It's because they're continually making excuses. Well, they don't want well, to. Well, I can't because it's yeah. raining out today, and I can't do that because then, okay, it's it's too hot. I can't do this. It's really, you know, mm-hmm. own it. We all have to deal with the same environment. So you're now separating yourself as something more special than everybody else that has to deal with it. And I notice that those that do deal with it do make it much further and do the rewards of whatever success that may have reaped for them. We, we are powerful manifestors and co-creators. We have a lot more power than a lot of us realize. And so when you really start to think about that and really truly practice it, uh, you see an immediate outcome. It's, it's right. And I can attest to that in my own life. Um, 
And I often wonder myself, maybe I'm here as a teacher and and give a little bit of guidance wherever I can give guidance, but I'm also the student. I'm learning something every day to answer those questions because, believe it or not, even though I sit behind a microphone here and do this show and that you sit behind your microphone and do the show, it doesn't exempt us from not dealing with the day-to-day and the trials and tribulations that come along with it. We all have to experience that. And sometimes, I know for myself, I tend to forget that. I get so lost in the fact that you're dealing with so many challenges at one time that you start to forget that. And I don't, I I always try to remind myself, okay, I'm not going to turn myself and judge onto others because I really don't know all their entire backstory. What I do know is that the decision that they made at that time was a really bad decision for not only myself, but for a lot of people also. And I used to feel compelled to point that out, but then that put me in a very negative perspective that here I am pointing out the faults of others, and who am I? (laughs) I just have as many faults, and if somebody wants to point them out to me, I will raise my hand and accept that for what it is. So, you bring up a really good point. That that is a really good point. And the whole Reiki thing, too. But, yeah, go on. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, it's... As we go through life, there are definitely people that operate in in the lower vibration. And they tend to send out these negative energetic cords that attach themselves to us and the best thing that we can do is to just not engage and to be aware that that's happening and cut those cords and realize too that a lot of you know how everybody treats us how I treat you how you treat me that's a reflection of them and who they are and their life and it has nothing to do with who I am, like how you treat me is who you are, has nothing to do with me, and so there again you know, putting up that awareness, so that way you don't take on other people's yuck (laughs) you know Uh so well believe me, a lot of other people's yuck have stuck to me, and You try to shower them off, and of course I speak all of this, you know, in a very um, metaphoric way, but you do try (laughs) to shower it off and separate yourself from all of that, Mm -hmm. Um, because, hey, the list is pretty long. I could go on for days, but that's not what we're here. We're here talking about, you know, the spirit, the kindred spirit, and the reincarnation, and how many cycles do you go through... What if you get it right the first time around? Then what? What what if you really come into this reality in the vehicle, the human vehicle in which your soul is being carried, and you get it right your first time around? Do you get rewarded and go on and you're never reincarnated? Or does every soul keep going around and around and around until eventually you do reach that pinnacle point? I've often wondered that myself. I... And that, that goes back to the old soul comment of, well, that person's an old soul because 
they have a lot of wisdom and they knew it right from day one. I think that the soul, okay. In my opinion, I believe. So imagine, imagine you've got this one soul and then it splits into two. Your female and male. And then these two halves split into halves. Two pieces incarnate here on Earth. And that would be like your, your twin flame, your soul. The two pieces that stay is your higher self. The side that stayed behind and, and is still connected to the universe and that you can connect with and try to um, gain knowledge and all this kind of stuff from. And I think that before all of this happens, that we, we have these soul contracts that we write up and we know what we're coming to Earth to do. We know the path that we're going to take, we know how much knowledge that our human vehicle can take in and handle for that one round, and I don't think that in one go that we will truly learn and embody true unconditional Okay. And I think that's why we come to learn. So, maybe that's where the phrase was coined, uh, God doesn't give you more than you can handle? Could be. Okay. Here's, um, here's a quick short article, and this will get some of you to maybe, uh, reflect on it or read more on that article, but from the Express UK, mm -hmm. the headline is revealed. The scientific proof that shows reincarnation is real. While many scientists will dispel the notion of reincarnation as a myth, there are some credible experts out there who believe that this is a genuine phenomenon. Reincarnation is generally a religious concept that implies that upon select few's deaths, their soul, mind, or consciousness is transferred to a newborn. It sounds like the stuff of fantasy, but some scientists do believe that this is a feasible concept. Dr. Ian Stevenson, former professor of psychiatry at the University of Virginia School of Medicine and former chair of the Department of Psychiatry and Neurology, dedicated the majority of his career to finding evidence of reincarnation until his death in 2007. Dr. Stevenson claims to have found over 3,000 examples of reincarnation during his time, which he has shared with the scientific community. 3,000 examples of reincarnation. Wow. Yeah, that's a big wow. For somebody that has dedicated, you know, his portion of his medical career to the study, there has to be something tangible there. Right. You, well, you don't you don't really study a fantasy 
in a medical profession, there had to have been something very tangible there. And I'm sure all the examples of those 3,000 were enough to make you scratch your head going, okay, there really would be no other feasible explanation for those experiences unless there was a reincarnation that happened. Well, to build off of that, Mm -hmm. well, or to add more of an idea to it, um, when you t- so you're talking about a soul leaving the body and then coming into a new body and retaining some of those memories. Well, there was also a scientific experiment that was done in 1907, and it was the 21 grams experiment. And it oh, said right. mm-hmm, yes. that no matter your age, no matter your ethnicity, gender, whatever, you lose 21 grams when you die. And so they were thinking that, you know, that the soul carries actual weight. Yeah, I... When I first heard the the 21 grams theory, mm-hmm. it was only a theory at that time, but it, over time and time again, it has been proven it's to the point now or in the medical profession you see that and for the non-believers that are in the medical profession they're stuck with absolutely no answer as to what would cause the human physical being to become 21 grams lighter at the moment of their death right so you do think of the soul as being this ghostly thing without mass or volume that would have sustainable, substainable weight to it, but Mm -hmm. clearly there is something there. Thanks for bringing that up. That that made this whole part of the conversation just (laughs) that much more tangible. Way to go. I'll give you a round of applause. Good job. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, I've personal experience, uh, I have been in the room when uh, my father-in-law passed away, and it, it was a strange event because of the fact that it was a two-bed hospital room. The lights were off. He was, you know, severely ill. We knew that it was just a matter of moments before he did pass, and I was sitting in a more of a a high-backed armchair that they had brought in because there were three of us in the room at the time. It was my ex, her brother, and myself that were in the room spending the night in the hospital room with him. His bed was closest to the hospital window, which you know how hospitals are. They have the big windows Mm -hmm. in each room. And the curtains were open, and we were... I don't remember what floor it was on. It certainly wasn't the first floor. I think it was the fifth or sixth floor of the hospital in the uh, hospice care. And it was nighttime. And I remember sitting in the chair and looking at her. her, She was face, she being the ex. Her and her brother were sitting on just these little upright padded chairs. Nothing comfortable by any means, but... You know, they were just sitting there talking quietly with each other, and they were both facing him, 
and you could see the reflection of themselves in the window. Right. And I was sitting behind the two of them in this tall armchair, and I was tired, you know, I was kept nodding in and out. And I heard the two of them talking to each other, and there was a third person sitting between the two of them for oh. a brief moment. Just for a brief moment, they could see it in the reflection of the window, but they looked at each other and couldn't see it. But they looked in the window, and it wasn't scary. It was just a shadowy outline of a third person that was sitting between the two of them. And there I am sitting, you know, off in the corner behind the two, but I could see exactly what they were talking about to each other. And they were talking quietly, and they knew it was Dad. There was wow. no question. So, yeah, that's, that whole experience was um, kind of profound. And then I wondered right then and there. The, the whole mysticism of the 21 grams he's right. seen in the reflection of the glass now where is he off to who oh. who is he going to be you know the infant soul to somewhere in the world wow what an adventure it's like a lottery draw who do I get to fulfill that that, well. that infant body and grow again I believe that everyone that we come in contact with, we do for a reason. I believe that we are all part of a soul group, a specific soul group, and that we come into our lives at specific times, but we've all met before. So he... I believe would then reincarnate into someone that will come into your life again. Hmm. Okay. I didn't give that much thought, I guess. Or research. <laughs> it's pretty interesting to think about. Yeah. See, well, this our is soul our... groups are supposed to help raise our vibration. We're supposed to do it all together. Oh, Supposedly. so I have a complaint then to file with some of these uh, the, the sole <laughs> board members over here going, hey, I'm doing my part. What are you doing over here? Well, they we all went all... out to pizza and left me sitting here to do this. Thanks, guys. Well, it's, you know, um, even the people that come into our lives, you know, and I'll, and I'll share this. It's a little personal, but I'll share it. There's a quote that I came across that said, uh, yeah, I might botch the quote. Um, it said something to the effect of, you handed me a box of darkness. It took me a while to see that this too was a gift. And this is definitely a lesson I'm, I've been learning. And we... We all are here to teach each other something, you uh -huh. know? So, so, yeah, it's all, we're all getting there. It's Just all relevant. It's all yeah. relevant. I'm looking at um, pictures of celebrities that have passed within the last couple of years and 
Wow, so many faces are so familiar. And it's like, wow, how did we lose that person? Um, and who's going to be blessed enough to have that soul <laughs> be incarnated into them? That would be kind of cool. Mm. I did, did I get somebody cool to, you know, in take this human vessel? I don't know. Maybe. And this all goes back into the whole paranormal story, too. You know, how well-in-tuned is that soul that has reincarnated you? And, of course, I'm all speaking hypothetically. Uh, but how in-tune was that soul with other paranormal events? And maybe that's why you have some mediums that are so well-gifted. Because they're oh. already trained in the arts of being able to... You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and you carry that genome of that particular soul when you come into this reality again. And maybe that's why some people have greater experiences in the paranormal than others do. Some other people, there's... Look, there's a handful in this group that say... Yeah, I've never really seen or experienced anything, but I find the subject really fascinating. And then there's some in this group that just continually will have experiences and the knowing that these experiences are going to happen and are almost able to pinpoint it. It's maybe because that soul is already well-versed in that entire spectrum. And you've been wow. gifted that ability from your previous... I know that the things that we dealt with in our past lives can still circle us in our current incarnation. Uh -huh. We tend to deal with a lot of the same things just in different ways until we learn what we are supposed to be learning from these experiences. Then once we have, then we go on to the next lesson. Right. Well... And again, you know, this whole conversation could carry on for days and days and days. What is it that makes a sociopath? What is it that makes a narcissist? You know, we blame the immediate existence in which they are in for all those behaviors. But did those behaviors stem from somewhere else? Into Because look, there's good people and bad people. And there are good people that have turned bad and vice versa there's you know a lot of bad people that have turned the corner and will now serve their mankind with everything that they can give you know whether it was a lesson learned or they just want to change everything but clearly free will had something to play with that in order to change who you are but why is there you know bad people on this world which goes back to that whole argument that I brought up, you know, before the break of, look, there's that, that conversation of maybe the soul is came back here to be punished. And you don't know that, but you see it in, you know, why did this child lose its life in such a horrific way? It's not comforting to the parents to know that. So we protect the parents from having that discussion because that's more than they could probably handle but as an outsider that's 
distant without the attachment to that child, we can have that conversation and say, well, maybe that soul was just an evil presence and it was now paybacks. I don't know how else to put it in a simple term without getting too drawn out, but it's a payback from the universe. And as horrible as that sounds, and believe me, it I'm not happy to say, yeah, okay, that's the answer, and I will walk away, and I see something like that on the news. I'm heartbroken. It's devastating. It is absolutely devastating to see a child harmed by another I human don't presence. I agree. Okay? Good. I... Uh, Argue me. <laughs> um, I believe that... When we come here, we have the chance to... We don't come here to be punished. We come here to learn forgiveness and unconditional love. We just have certain lessons that we have to go through. And some soul contracts are longer than others. And whatever they may have learned in their time that they were supposed to be here... They completed their contract, and it was time to go on to the next. I don't believe that we come here to be punished. I think that, you know, it's a... This whole world and all the souls in it, it's a spider web. Think that what we do here vibrates throughout the universe and affects everyone as a whole. So then you have the saying that to heal the world, you need to heal yourself. You know? Okay. So. Well, that's a very viable point in what you bring up. And trust me, the the whole concept in which I brought up about, you know, the punishment of another soul, that's not my particular view. It was just a topic that was brought up for that discussion as an outside point of view and a different opinion. I don't necessarily agree or disagree with that. I just thought it was a fascinating perspective to take that I had never personally thought of before. I'm like, wow, I maybe that's a possibility. You know, what tangible evidence do any of us have to say, well, that's right or that's wrong? It's solely based, no play on words there, or pun intended, but it is solely based on a belief, an inner belief, a gut check, an internal reaction. Right, well, and that's what you go with. And that is exactly what you go with. Right, you can you can take this entire episode and chalk it up to nothing but opinions. Mm-hmm. I mean, because nothing that we've said is truly 100% fact, and everybody has their own religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs or pullings towards everything that's been stated so far here tonight. So. Yeah, as long as everybody agrees that I'm right and that I'm will always be right. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm yeah. not that egotistical the real people. The truth comes out, Laura, folks. You Trust heard me. it here first. When we're not on the air, Jennifer beats me down right back to where I'm supposed to be. She's like, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, I'm not letting you go to the store without permission, mister. <laughs> It's like, wait, I just wanted to go get a hamburger. No, 
You will as not. long as you know your place, that's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, I told you there's proof right there. There is proof right there. We have a great relationship outside of this show that we do here. And uh, this is where all our subject matters actually come from. Because if you were to listen to conversations that Jennifer and myself do have, that, that's a show within itself. It really is. This is kind of what our phone calls sound like when we do talk to each other. It's pretty much what you're listening to right now. All we do is hit the record button and, oh, we've got a show. But now we know we have listeners. So I just want we're to sorry. say, you know, thanks to <laughs> all of our listeners. Oh, no, we're not sorry. No, we wouldn't do this unless there was gratification on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, again, no, I love you guys. We do That's have to say our listeners are fantastic, and thank you for becoming a patron again to our newest patron members, Mister well, Jera Best. <clears throat> There's a high five, mm-hmm. and then a low yep. five, and the old soul handshake. Um, Victoria, Miss Victoria. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Oh, and by the way, guys. Uh, your your readings are coming, by the way. They are. They yes. Are. You will not be forgotten, ever. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> no. Your names are being etched in stone as we speak. I am, yes, I am carving them into stone, saying, Here are the classic <laughs> members of the Caravan Library of Lore. Right here. So, This is what we do. We talk. Yeah. We come up with some... Unusual subject matters. And a shout out to Peter, too. Oh, yes. And Peter. Peter, who uh, used to sit above Studio 303 here. And it's a funny story. And if Peter is listening, I'm sure he'll probably get a chuckle out of this. But uh, Peter had served our country. Um, He was... He's a Marine. Will always be a Marine. And him and his wife had a... This adorable little girl and named Marilyn. She is just absolutely adorable. But they lived above Studio 303 here for geez, a year? Maybe even a little bit longer than a year. And we never really had much of conversation. We would have a passing hello here and there. But it wasn't until they moved that he realized that we do a show out of here and then of course we talk more now than we did when he lived here. So it's just it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. So, yes, Peter, thank you so much for jumping on board with us. And thank you for your service for our country. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Greatly. And, of course, our, our two, the the ones who got on board and started it all with the patron is uh, Ryan and, and Justin. Somewhere in the skies. And, uh, serious producing. So thank you, thank you. Yes, um, and those are good listens too. Also, especially if you uh, don't like to stay in the paranormal realm all the time, which I don't. I tend to drift around. Some days I'll wake up and go, "Okay, it's going to be all things alien," and maybe the next day I'll wake up, "Okay, it's going to be all things cryptid monsters." And I'm not big on the ghost thing though. That hasn't come around. For me much lately i know a lot of I you are can't. more into the ghost thing but uh for me i i'm still working on it 
Nothing against it. If you're into the ghost thing, that's fantastic because I need some expert advice and stories from you guys about the ghost thing. I just have not been wrapped into that entire subject matter itself. Hauntings, that's a little bit different. I kind of separate the two between hauntings and ghosts. But, um, right. you know, I, well, I believe I've seen things that could be categorized as a ghost. But I, I, I don't take that fascination to that next level yet. Yet. And I did say yet. <laughs> I have a little well, asterisk around that, so... I think I think that I should take a moment here to to address a, po- a post that I had put up in the caravan, and it looked like it was just the caravan of lore saying it. And the post was stating that you know this stuff is real, this stuff is out there, and uh, and I had had a a personal experience, and and I'm just kind of coming out saying that it was me that had the experience, and um. I more or less kind of received a, I don't know, warning, if you will, that I shouldn't really talk about it. Um, everything's fine, uh, but we'll say that I, I experienced something that was very unexpected, and I texted you, Vance, after the event, and I was pretty much... almost hysterical because it just it's one of those things when you see something right in front of you with your own eyes as real as somebody walking their dog Mm -hmm. it's it's so much different than if you like because you can feel something you can hear something um maybe something out of the corner of your eye but to see some to witness something in front of your eyes and to watch it it is something that's completely different and um you know i i haven't really been sleeping too well after the whole thing and maybe one day i will go into more depth of it on this show when i feel a little safer that you know (laughs) that it won't just like Come back or something. Yeah, we need a um, little bit of cushion time. Um, My palms have been really itching to share, but this is your experience. So I will not, you know, don't ask me, people, to share with what her experience was. But let me tell you, when she shared with me the experience and showed me a photograph of that experience... I'm telling you, I I was knocked back in my seat and I, for a brief moment there, I feared the same emotional experience that she did at that exact moment. And so there needs to be some of that cushion between the experience and sharing it. And right now, Jen, you have to take whatever that cushion time is before you feel compelled to share that in the meantime uh, we did share with one trusted individual that is a Fortean researcher and in my opinion he gave some great advice that we had talked about it 
he did give some good advice. Uh, some of it was kind of comforting in a way of the advice that was given. And then when you shared with me what was you know, spoken, um, I felt a little bit better too. But you still don't have all the answers well, yet. So It's one of those things where, you know, and depending on how long you've been following the show, because we started as the Acrylic Ranch, and there is a blog page on our um, website that I have tried my best to share most all of my experiences that I've had. You know, it's I I I don't feel you know I don't know if you want to call it energetically or whatever. I feel like since I've had so many experiences since I was little and stuff continues to happen, it it makes me worry what will come up in the future. And it's hard because then you take the advice that I said earlier of what you send out to the universe, you pull back to you. And so if you live in fear and you put that thought process out there that you're afraid of experiencing this or that, then you're kind of like this magnet and you're going to draw it to you. So I try really hard not to go down that road and think about that stuff. And it seems that no matter what spiritual um, protection I try to put out there or how I try to divert my mind, it doesn't really cause things to just stop. Right. So. Right. You know, I just, it just sucks to feel like it's a matter of time, you know. But you're not so. being judged, and that's that's a big thing. That's one comforting thing about the community here is that you're not being judged for those experiences. Um, right. You know, I, I at times... Again, I'm not trying to make this about me. All I can do is share my personal experiences, but I do feel that, you know, my time is running out where another profound experience may happen again. You know, and it's always, like you said at the beginning of sharing what your experience was there without sharing it, it's unexpected. You don't know when something is going to just right there be in your face. And it's how you react to it. And well, maybe that's all part of this reincarnation topic, too. It's learning how to react to these experiences over time. And once you get to that point where your reaction is acceptable, then maybe you will have, you know, take that information. And when you do move on, that's another level in which you've already accomplished. I mean, I can, I can say this at least, you know, I, I had, um, my mind, where my mind was, was not on this subject. I was, I was actually thinking about, um, Earth Hour mm -hmm. and, you know, cause I was sitting there going, man, it would be so awesome to really participate in Earth Hour and, um, you know, if neighbors and people could participate in Earth Hour because our light pollution here is pretty high. 
And that's kind of where my mind was. And if you don't know what Earth Hour is, it's basically where you turn your power off for one hour on a specific day every year. And it's supposed to good for the environment. And so um, that's where my mind was. And um, so I was just kind of looking around the neighborhood, thinking about Earth Hour and wondering, you know, how how much light would um, be gone, and how you know how many more stars would be able to see, and that's that's where I was in my mind, and I had just I had turned, and that's that's when it happened, and I couldn't breathe. I I don't know. That's just, I can't. That's, that's okay. That's no, and there'll come a time. There'll come a time when you'll be able to share that experience. This is not a teaser by any means, people. This no. is not a no. deliberate teaser for anybody. Do not expect anything to come from this. Right. Don't expect an episode. Right. Nothing. Right. I, this, this, I, when I had posted what I did on the caravan, I was, I was really upset. And I, but I also wanted everybody else out there to know that you're not alone. You won't be judged. And this is a community for you. Um, this is in no we means any kind of promotion, nothing. Because nope. like I said, I, nope. I don't know if I even feel safe ever bringing up what I, what it was that I experienced. Um, because I did receive a warning and I think that I'd be stupid to not heed the warning. That. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Take it for, take it for that. Right. Absolutely. Well, folks on that note, thank you so much for stopping by the caravan. Uh, we're yeah. always, we're always delighted to have you stop in this comfortable little caravan of ours and have some fresh baked bread and some coffee and tea and listen to our perspective of the world around us inside the caravan, the library of lore. So thank you everybody for stopping by. Have a good week until next week. We'll talk real soon. Bye Jen. Watch your step. Let's you move on days It lay there cold Eating underneath your last breath Hold your tongue Still I've gone The beast that follows Is close but will move on Snake eyes
Oh